You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome to the start of the 2021 NFL regular season. Scott, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. And, uh, you know, even when we have trouble getting started and giving people plenty of notice, you know, we've got the Daves here already. U.S. Dave, Dave Glassman, already sending love. So appreciate y'all being uh, being ready on those notifications. Yeah, man, that's that's why it's really important to like, subscribe, and share. I mean, we got YouTube coming in; they got those pings, and they're like, "Oh, Broncos for breakfast is on." Got my coffee ready; it's time to go. Yeah, but we got Dave Glassman in the house with the hearts. Good to see you, Dave. We got the real Pepe Silvia. Ooh, um, I demand my daily breakfast now. Um, look out, Pepe. Uh, U.S. Dave coming in here. <laughs> Uh, in like Flynn, morning Broncos people, Cloud9 TK, are you with me, Broncos country? Always Cloud9. Hopefully we're on Cloud9 uh, Sunday night. Vinny J, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Woohoo, NFL kickoff tonight. Yes. Uh, go Broncos. We got in the shop with Willie saying, Nick, my man. Good morning, Willie. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, what am I, chop liver? Uh, US, US Dave in the house. Also great to see you. Uh, we got DV, I'll just That's say. Doggy X- style. Yes, dog style. So you gotta you gotta read dyslexic like I do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, was leaning into it, but doggy style going. Hello, how you doing, doggy <laughs> style? Um, U.S. Dave also saying getting used to it. And Stephen Tobacco, I got our first Facebook person in here today. Morning, fellas. So uh, let's get in the matters of business a little bit before we get uh, too far going here. Before we're previewing tonight's game, all the games, and the Bronco talking some Broncos as well. Um, you guys can follow Carl and my or ex. Gosh, I talked to Carl yesterday. You can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, uh, Scott at Scout Kennedy, and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Um, Facebook folks, make sure you're following us at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle, as well as Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Uh, make sure you're getting those stars in, as well as uh, super chats, because we did have the announcement of the uh, the Von Miller jersey winner last night. Um, and we have a new contest coming up now. So get your donations in and uh, every single donation is essentially a raffle ticket. So get them in. Um, if you guys are joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. And also follow uh, Scott's channel as well. Go over there, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. I want to drop the link here in the chat also. Um, so you guys just click that and uh, bingo, bingo. You'll be over on Scott's channel. It'll be a good time. Um, so, and also you listeners, I did have it, I guess a Freudian slip. I wanted to tell you, I did talk to Carl yesterday for a second, um, over Facebook live and, uh, he has met his, uh, two new boys and, uh, he's doing well down in the Dominican. So, uh, great guy, Carl, I'm adopting two brothers down there, uh, orphans, and, uh, he wishes everybody well. So I uh, wanted to, he wanted me to give a shout out today, um, to everybody listening. So, uh, Scott, man, football's here. Welcome to tonight. Um, I'm so excited. I do know that it's. You know, nobody. I don't like Tom Brady. I don't like the Cowboys, but I'll take I'll take what I can get. Yeah, that's a that's a high profile matchup. You know, yeah. so it still gets you excited. You know, I I, I grew up when you, when you were a Falcons fan as a kid in the '80s. You kind of had to always pick second teams, and you know, I think I've mentioned before the three teams that were always always on here in in Atlanta in the '80s when the Falcons were blacked out were the Dallas Cowboys, the Oakland Raiders, and the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Depending on you know the the one o'clock game would be Miami. AFC, the late game would be Oakland, and then Dallas was just always on. So you usually ended up rooting for one of those teams also because, you know, your team was done by week four in the 80s. You know, lots of four and 12s in there. So, um, yeah, you, you still get a little excited. You know, Tampa's normally not much to get much excited about. The NFC South of a whole is kind of meh. But, uh, you know, Tom Brady upped the Q rating for them for sure. Man, I, I'll tell you, I'm not a big Tom Brady fan, although I think since leaving New England, uh, his cool guy points have gone up uh, a bit because he's been pretty funny and charismatic. Um, but I adore Bruce Arians. I think Bruce Arians is such a fun coach <laughs> and uh, personality, and I love him. Uh, he's one of my favorite coaches. He has been for a long time. It's it's fun having people that are honest, you know. And and I've I've said for a long time, I'm like these guys with their contracts and their money. It's like, why do they toe the line so much? I mean. Yeah. You know, when you're making five million, you don't want to lose, you know, that gig. But, you know, one of these contracts is 20 million. They'll never have to work again. You know, yeah. why are you guys so boring and bland? Yeah. You know, have some personality. If they fire you, so what? You got 20 million in the bank. You're still cashing in. 
Um, <laughs> I, I wish Chad would fire me for that. No, I'm just kidding. I don't no, want to Bo was like that. I loved him. You know, now he doesn't really have a platform, but it's like, you know, Bo Pelini would say whatever he wanted to for better or worse. Mm. You know, it's like, fire me. I'm rich. Yep. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Uh, Tommy Simmers, can I come out of the corner now? Tommy, you're welcome out of the corner anytime. Um, I don't, sure I don't know what that was about, Tommy, last night. I don't know who you were getting after. I was actually looking in another direction when they put you on a five-minute timeout on YouTube. So he bounced over to Facebook. I, I, I like the ingenuity. Yeah, there you go. Welcome in, Tommy. Um, also, in the hot shot with Willie saying, you're okay too, I guess, Scott. So Some, uh, hey. Sometimes, sometimes. Usually on, on a caffeinated bliss on a football Thursday, I'm pretty easy to get along with. Ah, it's really here. Um, man, I'm so excited. Uh, EJ, good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Travis Weber, Travis, good morning to you, buddy. Um, good morning, Nick, Scott and Broncos country. Travis, heart of gold, love you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Vic's in the house. Morning, Broncos country. Good to see you. DBA's in the house as well. What's up, y'all? Good morning, everyone. Tommy Simmers also. Can I come out of the corner now over on YouTube? Um, uh, Tommy's got a picture of like a giant rooster. It looks like, like a Pink Floyd cover album. I'm not sure if that's what that is going on there. Uh, good morning, guys. Victor Rios. Um, Vinny J saying, Carl, congrats, bro. So awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, Carl's Carl's down there doing well. He said he drank the wrong water, though, uh, to start. So he's uh, not having a good time in that regard. Um, but um, that means we don't get too far from the room. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a special seat in there that you probably should be uh, keeping clear. Uh, Doug Freeland. Good morning, guys. Good to see you. Jason O'Neill. Good morning, everyone. Football's back, baby. Uh, Keith Brugman, good to see you, Keith. No risk it, no biscuit. Oh, God, Bruce Arians, man. Man after my own heart. Um, Tommy Simmers also said the first million is hard, the first billion is harder. <laughs> Travis Tarbox coming in. Morning, Nick and Scott. It was great to watch our Hawkeyes. God, Travis, man, man after my own heart. Be so dominant last weekend. Also looking forward to the regular season. No more speculation and actual football. Denver Broncos for life. Uh, man, Scott, I'm so excited. You, uh, I've talked about it on here a few times, right? You're like, you've, you've caught up on the Broncos and everything, but now that the season is here, the regular season, fresh slate, everyone's going off the same stuff. I'm so excited to get your just pure, unadulterated, authentic takes on what this Broncos team's doing, what they need to do, and how everybody's looking. Yeah, I, I am. I am too. You know, I get to watch a little bit of preseason, but it's still preseason. It's it's vanilla. Um, you know, and I, I know some of these guys from the past, but I don't know them as a unit. I don't know them as Broncos. And, uh, you know, I've gotten to know the, the saying you use in, in scouting and, and really in the business is you stop rooting for the names on the front of the jerseys as you do the names on the back of the jerseys. Well, I feel like I know these guys now. So, you know, I have a vested interest in, in uh, these, these players. You know, I, I was laughing with you and, and Chad at one point. I was like, you know, in, in the summer, I'd, I'd like actually study and prepare for this show. But, you know, yeah. now it's we're good. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm just immersed. So, and, and we haven't even kicked off yet. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and maybe doing more if I can, uh, if I can wrap you into doing some, a, a bigger, broader show on my channel, we'll do some, we'll do some NFL draft and maybe talk some Falcons too. And then obviously, you know, the rest of the league pops in. So yeah. it's football time, man. Yeah. Speaking of NFL draft, I don't know. Did you check, did you catch any of that? Uh, I keep tagging you on it. Um, Iowa, you and our Iowa state, you and I, you and uh, I, I didn't, but you know, the, the, we've talked about, you know, Spencer Brown is killing it in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're raving about him it's just a matter of time before, you know, you could say, say, Oh, he may even be left tackle. I'm like, no kidding. Did you see his numbers? Um, that, uh, that he'll, he'll shine some more light on that program. You know, it's like, it, it just, it just works that way. Like, oh, you know, if, if Spencer Brown goes out there and, and and folds, then you start wondering about the next guy. Like, well, remember that Spencer Brown guy was all that hype, too. Yeah. Well, Spencer Brown's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we'll see how, uh, you know, you said he was up already in the first round already. So yep. could be going that way, too. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty talented. Um, we got Tom. Oh, man. Do you want to give a shot at the last name? Pazi Penka? Oh, that one looks more uh, middle European. That's not my, you know, unless it was uh, Czechoslovakian swimsuit models, I was in trouble, you know, no, so I, I didn't do too much of the hockey. Uh, um, but I'd go Posey Panka on that. Posey Panka. Yeah, I'd go Posey Panka, Posey Panka on Tom. Tommy P. Hello, how's everyone doing this morning? Can't wait to get my first NFL game Sunday, and it's Broncos versus Giants and opening day. Oh, man, Tommy, I hope you have better luck than me, and I think we've joked about it on the shows before um we need to have like a nick avoiding going to the broncos game uh fund um i've been to seven bronco games i've never seen a victory oh and seven 
Um, so uh, that's pretty bad luck. Um, most of them were on the road being in Iowa. You know, I saw them go up to Green Bay, saw them in Minnesota, saw them in Indianapolis a couple of times, saw them in Denver once. It was that uh, game where Bradley Chubb had like three sacks against Andrew Whitworth, but uh, not great. Um, so Nick, don't go to the games. Enjoy from home, I guess. Um, Travis Weber coming in. Do you guys see Chubb playing on Sunday with the ankle? Uh, Scott, what do you think? Uh, it's tough for me to tell from here in Atlanta, uh, but I, I, from, you know, reading the reports, listening to, uh, to, to Zach and Chad last night and talking about some of the Broncos insiders, it's, mm. it's questionable for sure. Mm. Um, I think he'll do anything he can to get out there in certain situations. I uh, might not necessarily want him in, uh, in, uh, running situations, you know, locking mm. up with an offensive lineman and worrying about someone rolling up on you. But maybe when you're talking about pass rush situations, when you're isolated a little more and your your biggest fear is rolling that ankle instead of having someone roll up on you when you're engaged in the trenches, um, that I think what we might see him in that type of action, which opens up a, a spot for a couple of the really talented backups if he doesn't play as much. Yeah, I guess I'm just going to have myself a little pity party on this because when the Broncos drafted Chubb, I had visions of sugar plums dancing in my head and Von Miller and Bradley Chubb on the field constantly together, wrecking havoc. And we've gotten so little of that, that I just feel, I feel gypped. And I know it's, you know, we can't control that. Uh, obviously with the injuries going on and whatnot, that's part of the game. I mean, it's one of the most physically demanding, dangerous sports that we have. Um, but can we please just, just this year, just give me a little bit of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb together because those I, two together is just, it's music. It's beautiful. I think Von Miller is spoiled y'all a little bit. You know, yeah. I keep yes. reading the B word when I see Bradley Chubb. I'm like, this dude yeah. has 20 oh sacks God. in 30 games. Yes. What's the problem again? I mean, I know sacks aren't, you know, it, it, the stats can yeah. lie, you know, maybe he disappears for the other you know, snaps and, you know, a, a sack a game is, is not that big a deal. I, I don't mm -hmm. know for sure because I haven't watched him that extensively, but man, this is a pretty valuable guy to the team. And when he's healthy, he's been really, really good. I mean, I know you, you, uh, you know, you still pine for Josh Allen, but man, that ship has sailed. Um, yeah. Let's look at, at, at Chubb and what he can do when he's healthy. Um, you know, cause, cause when he's been healthy, he's been, I mean, I just said it really, really good. Yeah, I think I definitely agree with you. Great point about Von Miller spoiling um, this fan base and also expectations. I would say that even though they are close, there's a like a logarithmic decay in terms of like talent that you'd expect from the first pick on. So like while Von was the second pick and Chubb was the fifth, there's a difference there, right? If, if Chubb was a Von Miller level talent, mm -hmm. he'd be playing. We'd be playing him this week. He'd be a New York Giant, um, and the Giants would have taken him number two overall over Barkley, probably. Um, but I don't think Chubb's been a bust. Has it been disappointing that he's been injured? Yes. Is he going to be a generational pass rusher? Probably not. But he's one of the 10 best edge rushers in football when he's healthy. Uh, the yeah, top he's, a, he's an eight digit a year, uh, you know, in the teens of millions mm -hmm. type of edge rusher. You know, yeah. Broncos are paying him 12 this year and he's going to hit free agents or next year. I think he picked up his option yep, for next well, year. Yep. Um, and yep. then uh, then he'll hit free agency. You just got to keep him healthy. He's got yeah, to be healthy. So, Lawrence, appreciate you coming here with the stars. Peter, that was a, a stars comment also. And Travis, coming in with the stars on Facebook. Uh, I am keeping a look over on this side more often for the stars so we can highlight you a little better during our show because a lot of times it's just the supers that show up and we don't yeah. want you to feel neglected. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah, we do appreciate you guys. Um, thank you so much. And uh, like I said earlier, get those super chats and stars in because you guys get a chance for the uh, – the drawing for the next big prize. Um, Karaoke Chris coming in saying a cup of coffee and Broncos for breakfast. Best way to start the day. Uh, and Travis, don't worry. My coffee's coming in. Um, it's uh, We have a dog right now at the heat spot. And uh, so he's been sleeping in the bed with a cone. And that means uh, I'm getting woken up about every hour because I'm getting hit in the head with a big <laughs> plastic cone. Um, but uh, he's my buddy. So that's okay. I'll deal with it. Um, there it's we amazing what you'll put up with depending on who it is. It tells you a lot about how you feel about a person on what it what idiosyncrasies, yeah. uh, you're willing to deal with. If I heard my dad snoring, I wanted to smother him with a pillow. When I hear my daughter snoring, I'm like, Oh, an angel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, we got, uh, Tom coming in. Tom said he was Slovak. So, uh, that's pretty cool. That's fun. Um, there we go. There we go. Nick needs to go to games until he turns his own luck around. There we go. That's the attitude I like. Um, I would like to get to go to some more games. I'll definitely be getting tickets for the Broncos at Seahawks next year, but I mean, I'm going to all these away games. Maybe I'm 
building uh, my own bad luck uh, in that regard. King of the North coming in saying, what's the scoop on the backfield duo? Gordon and Williams is the popular option that it was a good decision to let Lindsay go. Um, Scott, I'm going to go to you because I think one of our first shows, and I'll, I'll remember this, you talk really highly about Patrick Sertan, and then we also both were raving on Javonta Williams. Maybe not the running back one, but like 1C, given how good he was compared to Najee. Right, Harris so I don't... I don't want to say is is a popular opinion. Then it was a good decision to let Lindsay go. I don't know how good he was for you. I don't know how expensive he was for you. I know that Javante Williams is now cost controlled for at least four years, which is the shelf life of a running back. Yeah. Uh, you can extend that. Obviously, that's a that's an over exaggeration. But um, but Javante Williams is gonna be really good. I mean, he's yeah. gonna be a plus running back in this league. Uh, Melvin Gordon is. Last year, the contract, if I'm not mistaken, I haven't, I haven't looked it up. I'm, these are the kind of things I think I know off the top of my head before I say something stupid, um, but stupider. Melvin yeah. Gordon is, is going to be gone. Javante Williams can be a number one. He, yeah. He's going to be a co-number one this year, depending on down-distance situation, health, form, all that type of stuff. So was Javante Williams a good decision? They traded up to get him in the second round? Yeah, yeah. He's going to be, yeah. he's going to be really good. And and for this offense to work, you're going to need to run the ball. You're going to need to run the ball for the play action to work. You're going to need to run the ball. You're going to have to have two guys that can do that for you uh, consistently and into a plus level. You've got two of them now. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing, and we can just look at the Broncos' recent history here. Uh, once they drafted Williams, that third running back, non-negotiable, had to bring something in the special teams realm. And that's not Philip Lindsay. He doesn't do that. That's also not Royce Freeman. Roy Freeman's not here anymore. Philip Lindsay's not here anymore. Uh, the, one of the big reasons they brought Mike Boone in, not because he's just a really physically talented player, probably the most, honestly, he might be actually the best athlete of the Broncos running backs. That, that doesn't make you the best running back, but he's a physical freak. Um, but Mike Boone is a special team dynamo. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing here when it comes to Philip Lindsay. He was really good for Denver. Um, I do wonder if he's better in a scheme that features a fullback more. Um, I felt like he was, it, it's really counterintuitive. Like Lindsay was, he, he was, I called him a squirt, which is not always nice because he's a little guy, but he'd also squirt through that offensive line and be off to the races. Um, but I felt like he was better running between the tackles also with a fullback in front of him. And once he got through that first line, gone uh, north to south. So um, a good player. I'm pulling for him in Houston. It's too bad. Houston is such a absolute uh, Charlie Foxtrot um, because, you know, Lindsay is a, Seems like a great guy. Um, his family's fun as well. Um, and where I'm pulling for him, I'm not to spite the Broncos, but just for himself. Uh, but it's going to be pretty hard to shine at all in Houston. He might be the brightest star in Houston, um, but like with especially with Watson not playing. But I don't know how much that's saying uh, given this season. Um, Andrew Morrow coming in here with the five dollar super over on YouTube. Good morning to you, Andrew. Um, it's here, gentlemen. Who you got for tonight's win? Don't know if you're going to keep this program going or not, but please keep Scott around. Well, Andrew, as long as you guys are continuing to support us and doing what you just did now with the Super Chat, uh, Broncos for Breakfast is not going to go anywhere. Um, Chad, God bless him. Love the guy. Uh, but he is very much, you know, the bottom line. Like, what, is this is this worth it for the time and effort? You guys have made it worth, worth the time and effort. We're having fun, too. So, that I mean, right, it's not the journey. It's the friends we made along the way or whatever the heck they say. But, like, Thank you so much for your support. Thank you, everybody, for coming to the Supers, the Stars, everything like that. Um, tonight's game, we did want to get into a little bit of the NFL, not abroad, but just in general um, with today's show, since this is our last show before the season officially kicks off. And no better way to start than uh, Tom Brady, Super Bowl champions, versus America's team, the, D the Dallas Cowboys. I am a big Dak Prescott fan, so I guess I'll, I'll be pulling for uh, the Cowboys in that regard. Love Dak. Um, but uh, what do you think? Tonight should be a good game. I, and uh, according to I have sportingnews.com, uh, the spread as of yesterday um, was, um, this is from FanDuel Sportsbook, the spread yesterday was Tampa Bay favored by just over a touchdown, seven and a half. Wow. That's, uh, that seems like a lot. That's going to be, uh, that's got to be in Tampa then. I, have, I haven't even looked. So uh, I, I can't imagine Dallas being a, a, a touchdown plus uh, home dog yeah. at Jerry's World. Um. I like Dallas, um, you know, and Tampa wasn't great last year. They they weren't. Would they they come in at maybe ten and six? Or I feel like they were, you know, they they got off to a bit of a slow start and then got hot during the playoffs, like you're supposed to. You know, kind of ruins the regular season for the rest yeah. of us. But I digress. Um, you know, Dallas has a little bit more to prove here, and you know, with with uh, Dak is throwing again, he's been limited during the preseason. 
that he should be okay. Um, mm -hmm. Dan Quinn, for his faults as a head coach with Atlanta, is a good defensive coordinator. I think he can make a difference there. Um, getting getting some personnel to help him come in. You know, he, he's got a general manager that doesn't treat the team like a, a seven on seven. So you know, he uh, they went and draft. I'm looking forward to seeing Micah Parsons fly around out there because you know that was another guy we talked up a lot that moved down the board just a little bit. And then uh, you know, Keanu Neal at linebacker, outside linebacker, box safety, former Falcon, uh, maybe one of the best free agent pickups, depending on how he does based on his his salary and his resume and his health. Um, I, I think Dallas has a chance. I certainly, if I was dropping money on it, I, I might take the points. Yeah, I think Tampa Bay is going to win. And Broncos, you know, you're talking about catching up, getting up to speed with the Broncos. So this one wouldn't be in your wheelhouse. But last year's Tampa Bay team really reminds me of the, at least the end of the season and trajectory, the path of the 2012 Broncos. That Broncos team started off two and three. They didn't look very good. Tom Brady didn't look great. And, or excuse me, Peyton Manning didn't look great. And then they had that amazing comeback at San Diego. And uh, it was off to the races from there. And the Broncos ended up getting the number one seed. Unfortunately, Denver somewhat choked that game. I, I hate to blame the refs. I've never seen a game refed as poorly as uh, that 2012 divisional game with Bill Vinovich. The, I, I hate to blame the refs, but I'm gonna. On this one. That's the yeah. only game I think I've ever done it. Um, yeah, just, don't make a, just don't make a habit of it. And you keep your... Yeah. Uh, you keep your um, Credibility. Uh, and Andrew, real quick on, on that one to finish. Uh, we're not going anywhere. Nick and I aren't going anywhere for this show. We enjoy it. If anything, we'll expand it. And uh, and I'm not going anywhere. I've worked with Chad for, I don't know, 10 years now. Uh, probably before most of the guys that you know on this channel, I've worked yeah. with Chad. So Chad and I are, Chad and I are buds. We go, we go way back and we've come a long way together and we're not going anywhere. Appreciate yeah. your support. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm um, also shout out to Peter for the uh, the stars there. Um, as well, probably we might flash that up there again. Um, Travis coming in. What's the extent of Noah fans injury? Saw he was limited. Uh, he's been injured uh, since I think just prior to the Seattle game, uh, the week two preseason game. Um, and it sounds like he is progressing. He might be somewhat limited in this game. Um, I but it does sound like they're going to get him out there. I'm just hoping that uh, you can get him out there and uh, you don't have any setbacks, right? Like he, I'm, I'm fine. He's going to be somewhat limited. Um, he was limited last year. He was still pretty good when the ball got to him in the right place at the right time. Um, but uh, you want him to get better and better. And like I said, uh, I think both Tuesday shows, while you want Noah fan out there, he makes your offense better, more explosive, harder to cover, makes the job easier for everybody else. Um, neither of none of these teams weeks one through three are teams that I feel like you have to play catch up with, right? They're none that like, you're going to have to like, if we don't score 24 plus points, we're going to lose. Um, so I'm not as worried about that. Um, so I'm, I'd be honestly a little bit more conservative with Fant, uh, unless the, you feel the game starting to slip away, and then maybe you can shift. But uh, we got Dale Hendricks coming in here, three dollars super over on YouTube. He said, "Morning, men, finally awake for a live show." Dale, God bless you. Good morning, welcome in. Hopefully, you have your coffee in hand if that's your uh, your uh, vice of choice. And uh, we'll see you again next Tuesday, huh? Let's make it a habit. I know this help wakes me. Uh, this helps me wake up. You know, yeah. uh, especially if I if I, I'm working in the morning or do something in the morning and start drinking my coffee during the show, you can you can almost tell to the second when it starts hitting me. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm uh, it's coursing through my veins, um, but uh, not quite fully. You know, I'm not like Thanos dropping in the Infinity Stone and my gauntlet, you know, full up power up. Um, <laughs> yes, we are football nerds, too. We are yes. both geeks who actually were jocks. So. If you were like me, you were probably like too a little too cool for the 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 smart crowd and a little too geeky for the the jocks. So you kind of had to bounce in between those two worlds, which I, works well for what we do now. I would not say that I was too cool for the dorks. Um, I also was a uh, I a violinist um, from age five on, uh, multi time all state uh, violinist. I never had much of a choice. My mom's my mom is an orchestra teacher. That's awesome. So, yeah, it was. A, Good time. I had a, a girlfriend that sat me down at a piano and she was shocked. She's like, I've never seen you be bad at anything. I'm like, that's because we've always done like outdoor stuff and sports. Yeah. I got not a lick of musical talent, except I can, I can whistle. Uh, no, that's, that's about that it. James, do you have a rock a favorite Broncos Jersey? I'd go old school. We yeah. talked about this on the Von Miller giveaway. What should we do next? I'm like, you can never go wrong with old school. You know, let's get a Mecklenburg or an outwater Ooh. type of Jersey. Let's go, let's go that direction. If I was wearing one of the jerseys, that's where I'd go. I'd go one of the all, one of the all time greats, a little retro. Yeah, my favorite jersey. I have a uh, 
I think it's a Hall of Fame. It's a Hall of Fame patch, maybe the 50th anniversary Hall of Fame one, or maybe 75. Um, but it's a John Elway orange one with like a light blue and white stripes on the sleeve. Um, and that one's gorgeous. Uh, See, Elway also- would be too mainstream for me. I like going just a little away from the crowd when I do things like that. Like, you know, I, my son's got the only bat of his kind on his team. You know, everybody's got a CF San or a Marucci. He's got a B2 combat. I like doing things just a little off kilter. Yeah. So I'd go, I'd go, um, I couldn't go quarterback for that reason. Um, if I was not going court, I have also a, uh, Champ Bailey Jersey, um, that I love. It's starting to kind of fall apart. Um, cause it's older and it's a screen print one, not like the patch numbers. And I do have a tradition. I wear that Champ Bailey on Christmas Eve every night, uh, because it's December 24th and every single Christmas Eve we watch it's a wonderful life with George Bailey. So I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm wearing. I've been doing it since I was a little kid. So, uh, leaning in there. Um, and we got Willie coming in saying, I just need Nick to admit that Tom is the goat. I won't do it. You won't hear me do it. Peyton Manning is my goat. Uh, the, the, what is it? I demand a recount. Um, it's stolen. Uh, to, it's, give me Peyton Manning. It's tough. I mean, if you're lining up a team, you got one game to win. Who do you want under center? You know, that's a, that, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with that. You know, when you start yeah. talking Montana, um, I said Broadway, um, Tom Brady, yeah. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is as talented and successful a quarterback as I've ever seen. Um, you know, and people talk about the the rings and stuff. Well, you know, that totally discounts some of the great quarterbacks that didn't win a rings base. It's a team game. You know, Dan Marino was no slouch. Dan yeah. Fouts was fantastic. Dan Fouts was amazing. Um, you know, but Eric Coriel, they didn't play a whole lot of defense out there. And then Eric Coriel kind of broke down when they got in the snow for anybody yeah. that's plus 40. They might remember those days. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but I, I, when you take Tampa to a Super Bowl after what he's done, I mean, to me, the, 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 that, the equivalent of that was LeBron taking the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers. You know, mm-hmm. the Lakers always win. That, that's yeah. anybody can win one with the Lakers. But when you win a championship in Cleveland, we're going to etch your name on some statues. Yeah. Uh, I guess that there is context for me. Like you asked the winning one game, who are you picking? If my offense was, you know, filled of league average players, um, no, nobody great on offense and defense, actually, I might go Aaron Rodgers because I feel like he can elevate average talent better than Brady can. But if I have like if I had to you know, do or die, win one game and I had a top 10 uh, offense and a top five defense, Brady's not losing you that game. Brady's been pretty blessed with amazing teams pretty consistently, um, but he's also maximized those teams and elevated those guys around. Saying, and what's the, so. what's the belief factor? You know, the, yeah. there's, there's so, it's so crazy. I mean, the, uh, Madden even tried to put in like a momentum meter, mm-hmm. but momentum is just, it's crazy that what, what people can do with their, you know, with the belief that they have, because it's so intangible, but it's, it's, it's almost so tangible. You can see it. It's like yeah. the momentum just totally switched. Now these guys can't do anything right. They were killing this team earlier. What happened? It's it's belief. Yeah. So you know who brings that better than Tom Brady? Really? I mean, when when you talk about, I I believe we're going to win this game. Yeah. You know that's an intangible that you know he's he's got to be at the top of the heap. Yeah. Buy in and confidence. Um, I'm ready for his sun to set. And also, like I said to start off the show, hated Brady in New England. Uh, not a big fan. Um, but he's like gone up like. 50% in cool guy points since going to Florida. I don't know what's happened. Maybe it's getting out from the Bill Belichick curmudgeon, uh, cold, uh, wet he, New England. He's to the end of his career where he's old enough. He doesn't give a crap anymore. That's God. I can have some that. fun. Yeah. I don't have to be the, you know, it's like, you know, I, I come off wasted off a boat. So what? Yeah. I, I've got Super Bowl rings for eight fingers and two toes. Yep. I'm 45 years old. And I'm going to retire in a year. So what? Yep. No, absolutely. We got Joe coming in, Broncos for breakfast. Appreciate you, fellas. Bryce is also here. What's up, fellas? Good to see you. Michael Ronquitlo's in the house. Broncos fan from Tucson, Tucson. Arizona. I didn't say Tuscan, so that's great. Uh, go Broncos. Also, I saw Greg Smith is in the house. Aloha to you, Greg. Aloha. Good to see you. Um, and Brian Greenfield with a $5 super. Uh, good to see you, Brian. Hope you're doing well. If you got any questions for us, uh, get them on in. So yeah, back to appreciate the, your uh, support for sure. Back to the Tampa Bay, uh, Dallas game. Some stuff that I'm interested in watching um, is the 2020 rookie class on both these guys. Both guys that uh, Broncos probably had a lot of interest in. Uh, some guys that maybe in some alternate realities the Broncos ended up taking. But uh, right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, 
Um, one of the best probably rookie tackle seasons since we've seen since Ryan Clady. Um, I, some, it was somebody on ESPN get up or whatever it's called was dogging uh, the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers saying they can't repeat and they're who's their right tackle. You don't know them. They, they're bad offensive line. It's like, listen, Tristan Wirfs had like an all pro caliber season last year. So I don't know about that one. And then also a lot of debate in uh, Broncos country, Jerry Judy versus CD lamb, um, both incredible receivers. I'm excited to see what CD lamb can do. Uh, tonight as well. Um, very good Tampa Bay defense, very deep Tampa Bay defense. So it should be fun. I am going to take Tampa Bay with the points. I think they're going to win uh, handily. I'm not super impressed with uh, Dallas's defense overall, especially their, uh, I think the depth of their pass rush is weak and the depth of their uh, secondary is poor as well. So I think Tampa Bay is going to be able to kind of just control the game and uh, probably win by 10. Yeah, you, you're so much farther ahead than me on those the recent draft class that I have to look them up. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Trevon Diggs. Yeah, yeah, you can play Alabama. Um, what the interesting one that pops up for me is Neville Gallimore on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a third-round pick. I think he was from Canada. Uh, he was. He, I remember him coming down to like one of those World versus USA type of things and, mm-hmm. and coming down and playing. And he may have played at that Red Oak, we're going to throw together a fake school football team type of thing in Delaware. That uh, that was around for a while, um, yeah. but I think he was from Canada and coming down to Oklahoma. So he's he's kind of a cool story. Uh, CD Lamb was fantastic for the Cowboys last year yeah. uh, to the point where I saw, uh, you know, some remock had the Falcons taking him in first. I'm like, the Falcons were perfectly happy with AJ Terrell, and the last thing they needed is another freaking receiver. They weren't taking CD Lamb. That's yeah. not a knock on CD Lamb because CD Lamb's been really really good in Dallas. Uh, it's- I got a couple questions for you. I'll stand off of that. Uh, CD Lamb versus Jerry Judy. Where are you going? I think CD Lamb was probably a little farther ahead last year. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little more polished. But yeah. uh, as far as flip a coin, man, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd be happy with Jerry Judy this year and I'd be happy with CD Lamb. One of the phrases I use, and you're going to put me on the spot, CD Lamb's ahead of him right now. Yeah. So I'd probably take him but I'd be perfectly happy with Jerry Judy. If I've got either one of those, they're not the reason I win or lose a game. That position's set. Now yeah. I got to look somewhere else and say, okay, uh, what, what's going to be the difference in this game? Because those two are, are neck and neck. Um, yeah. if, if I'm taking one, I'd probably go CD Lamb just because I think he's a little bit a little bit farther ahead, especially based on the rookie seasons. But you know, Jerry Judy's going to surprise some people this year. We know that. Yeah, I probably would go Judy um, just because I think the ability to separate um, is – probably the most predictive of a player's success in the NFL. And I don't think anybody separates as good as Judy does uh, in that class. Um, I also think Judy's a little bit more explosive. It also depends on what kind of wide receiver or a quarterback you have, right? If you have somebody who's timing touch accuracy, Jerry Judy's probably going to be great um, because you just got to get him the ball on time because he's going to be open. Um, CD Lamb is more of a, like you like to talk about, you know, he's open when he's covered. Uh, you just chuck it up mm-hmm. to him. He's going to out rebound you and uh, physically, physically you at the point of contact. He's not a giant receiver, but he plays big boy football on the boundary. Um, so yeah, maybe I mean, CD Lamb would have been better with Drew Lock last year. He's, really. he's 6'2", 200. So he's he's not a giant, but he is big. Yeah, he, he, he is big. big and uh, big and fast plays all the time, especially when you got good body control and hands. That's I mean, that's what a receiver is, man. You yeah. know, so um, I like I said, I think he's farther ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so for right now. Long term, again, the only the only way I can try and put that is if you're going to be good in, with either one of them, that's not the reason you're winning or losing games. It's because you got one of the other of these guys. Then yeah. then you got to take a look at other things because they're both plus receivers. Going to be plus receivers in this league. And Mo coming in saying Justin Jefferson better than both. Uh, Justin Jefferson was incredible last year, so I won't uh, fight you too hard on that. I will say that we are ranking these guys in descending order based on. Uh, how good their quarterback play was last year. So a uh, very dependent position. Um, if you have a good quarterback or if you have a bad quarterback, it's really going to impact you. Um, Brian Greenfield coming in with a $5 super again. Thank you so much, Brian. Uh, double dipping with that $5 super. Uh, you're, you're great help. And uh, we appreciate you just being so consistent. Uh, Tom P coming in here. Got a Jerry Judy uh, jersey this year and to wear to the game. Last few years, I had a Sanders jersey. Who should be my next jersey? Um, I don't think there's anything that's better looking than Patrick Sertan second with that number two. Um, you cannot be, I will say this, um, just because I've seen it on some people, um, especially, God, I don't want to dog anybody too hard. Um, but, um, if you are a bigger person, the single digit jerseys are not for you. Um, cause it looks kind of weird. Um, the single digit, there's a lot of fabric and not enough numbers. So if you are, if you're wearing an XL, maybe something with double, di- uh, multiple numbers on it. 
Um, but if you are a uh, slender person, um, I think that Patrick Sertan would be the uh, the way to go. Uh, wasn't wasn't Me- Mecklenburg like seventy five as a linebacker or something? Seventy seven, I believe. Didn't he have a strange number for that? And he, you know, he played yeah. in and out a lot. I'm like, that that might be. We might go Carl. Maybe that's why I said Carl Mecklenburg. Yeah. Uh, but Brian did come back in again too. Uh, in both your guys' opinion, we use y'all. It's just easier. You know, I, I didn't. I was actually born in Ohio. Yeah. So you know, I learned to speak. I was I, to you know in Ohio. Moved down to the South when I was five. I did not adopt every single Southern phrase. Nick has. Nick is the one that says fixing. I, I won't say fixing in my life unless I'm talking about repairs. So well, you know, we're fixing to talk about Brian Greenfield super here. No, I don't do that one. But y'all works. Y'all is easy. You y'all know, you word. and you. Do you mean you or yous or you guys? Y'all. Y'all's opinion. Does Teddy finish the season under center? his injury history just scares the hell out of me. I mean, yeah. that's to me, that's the biggest concern with him. I think he's going to do the job. Um, can he stay healthy uh, with this offense? You know, power running game, play action. I think it, it'll help. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he's learned. He's matured as a quarterback where I think he'll get rid of the ball faster. That's one of his strengths. So, you know, percentage he finishes under center to me is the same question as saying percentage he stays healthy. You know, what is the the average quarterback? How many games they play? They've done a pretty good job of protecting quarterbacks in the league this year. That's why passing numbers go through the roof. Say eighty percent, eighty percent. He's playing. He's playing seventeen games. There's a couple things that my mind goes to here that could be a factor to this. Um, it's not just Teddy finishing the season, um, but if it's how the Broncos do, right? Like if the Broncos are out of the playoffs. They probably are better served to get Drew Lock out there, get him some experience again, see what he can do, see if he's taken any steps forward because you have multiple years of control with him. Um, he obviously has more arm talent, uh, physical ability, and uh, is younger. Um, so that's one thing where even if Teddy's playing fine, but the, like the offensive line falls apart or you got injuries on defense, um, you might still go with Lock. Um, so uh, I think 75% is about where I'd go with Teddy finishing this. Or, taking the last snap or whatever, starting the last game uh, this season. I do think this Broncos team is good enough that uh, Teddy doesn't have to reinvent the wheel um, to be to stick around as the quarter, uh, quarterback one, uh, but we'll see. I mean, gosh, a lot of things can happen. That's what makes football so great. We can talk about it till the cows come home, um, but it's the live games. Uh, you can't predict it. It's unpredictable. Uh, that's why <laughs> that's what makes it so beautiful. Uh, and and Willie says, I'd put money on Drew starting at some point. You know, I, I, I feel pretty good about that, too. I mean, it's yeah. a long – anybody getting through this season without missing a start, it's going to be tough. It's yeah. going to be really tough, you know, um, you know, especially when you got a target on your back sitting back there in the pocket with injury history. So it's – that that to me, that's the biggest concern. Not can Teddy play quarterback in this league and elevate the Broncos. Yes, you will see. We've said it since, since he was uh, traded for right before the draft. The yeah. quarterback position just got better than it was last year. Whether it's Teddy, whether it's true, you will have better quarterback play. So that's yep. not my worry that he won't do a job. Uh, it, for me, it's the health. Yep, I agree with you 100%. EJ coming in saying uh, bigger people can't rock the Sertan number two jersey. I didn't say that. I said I think it personally looks a little silly. <laughs> um, that's why you don't have, unless you are like really just an absolute monster, you know, like you're like six foot seven, 280 pounds bodybuilder type. Like when, uh, gosh, who was the defensive lineman for Auburn? Um, Derek Brown wearing nine i think it was for auburn a couple like of that, those guys did like big cat wore that one and, and montavious yeah. atkins they were wearing single digits I, those are fun. I i like you know i've seen some people complain about it you know i i like it um yeah you know i don't know how many remember how many of y'all remember you know brian bosworth wearing 44 at oklahoma yeah um but you know he came in and complained i read his book too uh, you know, he came in and complained that he wasn't allowed to wear 44, you know, and he said, well, this guy's wearing a, an odd number. He's like, well, he came into the league at this and he grandfathered him in. He's like, fine, then I'm a monster defensive back. So his poster with like the Terminator shades and stuff, it says monster DB. And that that's why, because he says, I want to wear my 44. So I like the numbers, man. I, I think yeah. it's cool. I like seeing the, the single digits in the secondary on the wide receivers, especially. Yeah. I agree with you there. Um, we got in the shop with Willie coming in with a $2 super. Uh, Teddy doesn't elevate. He's just got to hope for yak. And uh, I guess I might push back a little bit um, on far as far as elevate, um, because you can elevate players outside of on the field or outside of when the play is actually running. I mean, getting into the right run check, uh, the accountability, leadership, um, all these things, uh, just, you know, going to battle for these guys. I mean, they've, we've heard players talk about it. We've heard coaches talk about it, just how much, accountability, calm, 
um, all these adjectives that you want in a leader uh, that surround Teddy. Now it's not like Peyton Manning kind of aura in there when he came in and everybody's, you know, sphincter tightened, uh, you know, 50% because like, Oh my God, it's Peyton. He better not, he'll, he will rip into me and he, he can cause he's goddamn Peyton Manning. Um, but uh, there is something there as far as elevating no. the guys around him with Teddy. Teddy's more of an arm around your shoulder type of guy. And, and to me, Willie, the, your, your, your comment is a little contradictory because he can elevate them by getting them positioned four yards after the catch. You know, we you use the phrase yeah. all the time, get the ball to your playmakers in positions where they can make plays. There, there you go. So, um, you know, hitting – and it can be a simple – you know, we talked on Tuesday uh, about Bo Nix. We talked a little bit about yeah. quarterbacks. And Bo Nix was something like 26 of 28 passing. But I said his accuracy wasn't exactly where you want it to be for a guy that you're looking at in the first round. And what I meant by that was, you know, he's hitting guys on little curl routes and hooks, and they're still having to reach for the ball all the time when there's nobody within five yards of them. You hit that guy in stride and put it in a place, you know, in his path, then the yards after the catch will come. So I, I think you can elevate a guy by getting them yards after the catch. But again, he's not somebody who's going to come in and, and, and just fit the ball into a bunch of tight windows and, and do all that type of stuff. A lot of his, a lot of his pros are going to be pre-snap, getting rid of the ball quickly and getting the ball to his playmakers so that they can then take over. Yeah, the pre-snap stuff I think is going to be big for this team, especially a team that's trying to run the ball. Uh, it's something that the Broncos struggled with last year, getting into the right look based on what the defense's alignment was. Um, and um, not unexpected, you know, rookie center, uh, essentially a rookie quarterback as well. Um, but yeah, we got uh, Dave coming in here uh, over on sure. a different account or a different Dave Glassman, no, different account, or he changed his picture um, saying. But appreciate uh, you. Yeah, appreciate you coming in with the stars as we were starting talking old school here. Alzado, Mecklenburg, and Miners. So is he crazy like those guys? Is that what you're saying? Uh, getting those uh, those big guys in there. I, I think also just to shout out for a jersey that if anybody's wanting one, um, have met him, have spoken with him a few times, and what people say about him is real. There is nobody who is nicer, more genuine, more just down to earth than uh, Steve Atwater. So if you're looking for somebody who you want to feel good about having their jersey, not just because how fun they were on the field, but like, you know, they're not going to do something stupid uh, to make you be like, I can't wear that jersey because something happened. Um, Steve Atwater, man, if you ran into the if you ran into him in the grocery store, you'd be able to talk with him football for an hour and you would not feel like you're wasting his time. He would be just loving having the the interaction with you. So uh, serious shout out to Steve Atwater. I, I'm, I'm not even joking when the, people talk about him being super genuine, nice guy. They're underselling it. He's that good of a person. So uh, we got uh, Victor Rios coming in here saying, which player on the D-line worries worries me the most? Are you talking about on the Giants or on the Broncos? Because um, that could be two different Hit them answers. both. Hit them both. Um, on the Giants, the one that worries me the most is probably um, Dexter Lawrence. I know that Leonard Williams is probably the more talented guy, but uh, Dexter Lawrence is coming in, what, year three now? He was, I think, the number one rated defensive line recruit the year that he went to Clemson, uh, 6'5", 350. And um, the way he moves, he moves like somebody who's 30 pounds less. Um, it's pretty incredible. And I think he can clog lanes and cause some serious issues for the Broncos on the interior offensive line. Um, so he worries me the most on the Broncos uh, defensive line. Who worries me? It's Mike Purcell. Um, he's coming off that injury. Um, it does sound like the Broncos are probably going to hang in base uh, a little bit more uh, earlier in this game. Uh, even if the Giants are moving to more of 11 personnel, more base and nickel. But I'm assuming you're going to see some Purcell out there because the Broncos are going to try to stop the run and put the game in Daniel Jones's hands. Um, so Purcell coming off the injury, not as dynamic of a player as Harris or Jones. He does concern me a bit. Can I, can I cheat and use an outside linebacker since we're doing a three, four, yeah, sure. uh, you know, and Chubb's ankle, you know, that, yeah. that, that's what, that's what worries me the most right now going in the Broncos. And then I'm looking forward to watching Leonard Williams. You know, you get, you get double digit sacks from an interior line position. I think he played end at USC. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and was okay. You know, he, he was he was good, but, you know, not not the force that he's become. And, and sometimes you see that. You know, Richard Seymour is one of the all-time greats in the NFL. You look up his college numbers, and they're hardly non-existent. This guy's six foot six, six foot seven, playing inside. He played defensive tackle at Georgia, the University of Georgia, and he was getting leverage. Comes out, you know, moves to end right away, and all of a sudden, hey, you got something. You know, six seven, two ninety, moving like that. Um so, you know, Leonard Williams is, is a fantastic pro. And like I said, you get double digits from the interior line. You're, you're doing something right. Yeah, he was a uh, heck of a player at USC. Um, I remember he didn't drive. He just would skateboard everywhere. It's kind of a little bit of a uh, 
free spirit in that regard. Um, a little, a little bit more on like Hawaiian Island time kind of dude. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's a very fun player and, uh, it's taken him a few years to get it going, but man, he is very fun. I'm very curious to see how his career goes in comparison to who essentially was his replacement in, uh, Quinnen Williams over in the New York jets. I'm a big Quinnen Williams fan as fan as well. He was really coming on last year. Also seems like a really genuine, funny guy that press conference of him, um, where he sneezed and blessed himself and thanked himself. That's one of, that's one of my favorites of the past decade. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, let's keep it going here. Um, I don't think we have any big supers coming in right now. Um, but I would do want to talk a little bit more, um, of these games coming up here, not just the Broncos, but the games in general. So we got the Steelers at the bills, uh, bills favored by six and a half, uh, gut reaction there, Scott, what do you think? Uh, Steelers at bills. Oh, as much as you hate the Steelers, you know, I always think of the Steelers as, you know, I, the, the bias we talk about, you know, I still think of the Steelers as being somebody to fear. Um, but the bills at home, uh, I hate this stuff. What I usually like doing is finding one out of the bunch that stands out to me as, whoa, that looks weird. Uh, Buffalo six and a half looks about right. Yeah. Um, so Buffalo, I'm, I'm just going to go win loss on that one. Say, you know, Bill should win that game. I am very interested to see what Ben Roethlisberger looks like um, because last year he looked like 2015 Peyton Manning, uh, which is not great. Um, and also that Steelers offensive line on paper is bad. I mean, I just, I, I think they are one of the worst units in football on the offensive line. Um, they've really regressed since losing Mike Munchak. Um, and, uh, 48, 48 and a half on the over under on that one. That's what 30 to 17 is 47. Does that sound about right? Yeah. 31, 17. If you're, if you're, t- if you, if you, if you like Buffalo in that one, mm-hmm. I think I'll go under. Um, and I also, I'm really excited to see what this uh, Bills defense can look like this season. I know everybody's Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, but the Bills have made some pretty high investments on the, uh, specifically the defensive front on players who are more, you know, high end talent, but uh, that, that's going to take a little bit to cultivate and grow. Um, Ed Oliver, ninth overall pick in 2020. Um, he flashed a lot last year. Um, a really fun player, a really, really talented, um, but was kind of having to relearn the position because what he did at Houston was not, you know, line up over the nose or center and fire off. Like that's not an NFL play for a defensive lineman. You know, that's just, that's not what they're doing. Um, so uh, he's changed. He's fun to see also. Um, and somebody else that I'm excited to see everybody drink, but AJ Epinesa, um, they had him get down to like 260 last year or something really crazy for his body type, like really light. And uh, he was not as powerful. Um, they got him back up to his normal weight and uh, he looked really good in preseason. So uh, I'm excited to see what those young developmental players on that Bills defensive line can do, especially against such a terrible offensive line. I think the Bills are going to win this one. I'll go the under, but I think the Bills uh, cover. cover. Sounds cover. like you got a cover in there, huh? Yep. I'm a big I'm a big fan of the Bills. I think they got a chance this year. Bills and uh, Cleveland is another one. I'm, I could not be more excited for. Let's just get into that. Cleveland Browns at Kansas City. Uh, six and a half for Kansas City. Um, this is a game where you hope that the Cleveland Browns can kind of show you a blueprint. Uh, they're a team that invested heavily in the defensive backfield, like the Broncos did. And uh, they are a team that Baker Mayfield, you know, number one overall pick, that's great and dandy. They're not asking him to do anything crazy. They're asking him to run point on that offense, lean into how great that offensive line is, and hand the ball off to Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb. And I think I think the this game will be... I think the Chiefs are going to win, but I do think the Browns will cover. Um, and I, I like the over in this one, even though it's high. It's one of the highest overs we see. You know, we've seen yeah. some of these games that turn into, you know, Big 12 matchups, you know, 30s, 40s on both sides. Um, you can do those investments, but when you, you've got teams capable of scoring quickly, defense yeah. gets tired. Um, you know, so it could be one of those big scoring games. Um, it, it's hard for me to just really jump on a Cleveland Browns bandwagon. It just is. I was, like I said a few minutes ago, I was, I was born there. I've watched them my whole life. They've been dreadful. Um, yeah. You know, and, and it, it's the, it's the Lucy with the football thing, right? When you think things are going to go well, they don't. Um, yeah. But you know, they are really good and hopefully they can break that curse. They're headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. How up is Kansas city going to be relatively speaking? You know, I mean, when you're, when you're playing at the level that Kansas city has been, you're, you can beat, 12 teams on your roster on the 12 teams on your schedule, just by out talenting them. Uh, Cleveland's going to come in and, and, you know, want to give it their best shot. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, that that's a big number. I think it's, I like the over, I think it's going to be high scoring and um, you know, I like Cleveland maybe to, to not to, to cover Kansas city, maybe to win, but not cover. 
Yeah, I like Should that. Be good. A lot. It, it'll be a fun game for sure. Like I said, I don't necessarily like doing predictions uh, in this type for every type of game. I usually find one or two that just stand out as a little a little crazy. So, like, what's the over under for this? Uh, th- that's the one that stood out. What I say, I'm usually pretty good at picking these. I'm like anything at 35 is what I would set this over under for the Giants Denver Broncos game. And what would you say, 42? Yeah. You know, whew, you got. Uh, you got six touchdowns in this game. You Man, know, for forty-two I, points, you got you, you. You can you find six touchdowns in this game right now with with Daniel Jones and Teddy Bridgewater and uh, you know th- those those two. We're, we're talking about the strength of both teams as defense, the weakness on both teams as offense, and I like the under on this one. That's the one that stands out to me. Yeah, I agree with you there. A few more games I did want to highlight. Um, we probably do want to talk about the uh, Eagles going to the Falcons. Two teams that are. Right now, I think sports, uh, oh gosh, uh, Football Outsiders has the Falcons and the Eagles as teams destined to pick in the top 10 this year. Um, So we'll see about that. But uh, I think the Falcons are favored um, by three and a half. It is at Atlanta, so pretty much a coin flip on a neutral field kind of game. I think they typically, you know, they spot three points for the home home team. Um, Your thoughts here? Uh, It's so tough to say. I mean, the Falcons weren't as bad as they showed last year, and I see predictions of like four and 13 I'm like, if this team had any kind of competent coaching, you guys want to talk about time management problems, for God's sakes? Are you joking? <laughs> Did you watch the Falcons? You guys have it good in Denver. You know, if they've got any, if they've got a, a running back that knows how to fall down instead of score a touchdown and give up an onside kick, they win a game. Um, you know, nobody blows fourth quarter leads like the Atlanta Falcons. So, um, you know, the, I, don't, I don't see how they, they're going to be worse this year. Uh, Dean Peace, as defensive coordinator, is going to be, is going to shore some things up. The talent on the defense side of the ball hasn't gotten any better because they don't have any money and didn't really draft anybody to, to do that. So scheming on offense, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, Mike Davis, running back, uh, running game. You know, I, I think I think Atlanta should be OK, but I really, really hate trying to pick games I root for because the bias is too strong. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. That's all. I, I also avoid almost all Broncos on my fantasy football teams. I did take Jerry Judy though this year. Like I, I had to take take my own medicine in that one. I said buy all the Jerry Judy stock. I walked away with Jerry Judy in a PPR league. Um, so uh, excited about that one. Um, some more spreads here that I want to get to. Just some games. We're not going to cover every single one. Like do we care about the Jets, Panthers, meh. Houston Texans, Jags, meh. Um, but the game, I'm honestly there's a few games that I'm super excited in this uh, this week. Chargers versus Washington football team. I have no idea where to go with this one. I I have no clue. I mean, you have the Chargers with a totally new defensive scheme that's very uh, demanding mentally and chemistry-wise, so that could be one that comes off. I don't know what this Washington football team's offense is going to look like with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Justin Herbert last year, the new Chargers offensive line. I think Justin Herbert's an emerging superstar. God, that sucks uh, for the Broncos, but uh, I don't know. I'm leaning Washington football team, and uh, Washington, I believe, is... Uh, Oh, actually, the Chargers are favored by one. So I'm leaning Washington. So this is a great game. I'm really excited about this one. Well, for me, for the train wreck factor, Jets Panthers. Uh, Sam Darnold and Carolina and Zach Wilson is the the heir apparent in, in the New York Jets. Yeah. That's one I'm interested in purely for the train wreck factor. Carolina was awful last year. Sam Darnold is not a good quarterback. Uh, Zach Wilson has a ton of talent, but he's a first-year player and a rookie at the Jets. You know, what's what's going to be around him? So that one could be some awful football, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably enjoy just watching every second of it. Yeah, that was when – man, get the clown music going. Um, but uh, <laughs> the Washington football team versus Chargers, another matchup I'm really excited about seeing, and it's one that put this player almost on the map um, from a national perspective. Uh, Rashawn Slater versus Chase Young. I think Chase Young is probably the – like if there was a redraft right now and you couldn't take quarterbacks, Chase Young would probably be one of the first players taken off the board. Um, Aaron Donald would probably still be the first because he's so far and even though he's older, he's so far and away from any other defensive tackle. Then it'd probably be Miles Garrett, and then I'd have to say Chase Young. So I'm really excited to see what Chase can do uh, in this game against Rashawn Slater. Um, the other game that I am very interested in watching is uh, the Green Bay Packers at the New Orleans Saints. What is this? Uh, the Saints defense I feel like is pretty underrated. Um, they just traded for Bradley Roby to fortify their secondary. And uh, can Green Bay what uh, make some noise? And what I am hoping is uh, Aaron Rodgers' swan song season in uh, the uh, team up north. I guess they're in Wisconsin. So Chase Young was a tight end in high school. I uh, oh, I found his. I'm going to share this with you real quick. Uh, 
Let me see if I can dig it up real quick. Chase Young, I play a tight end at the Matter oh. High School. My game resembles Gronkowski, one of the best tight ends in the league to me. I picture him I being a tight end. end. I like to do the corner route. I first fell in love with football when I was about. Like I said, if you're big and I think fast, my dad came home one time and he just go play defense. Football in my hand That's usually where it is. Watch this play. There's your defensive end. Yeah. Took to himself. But anyway, My game has improved. I don't ever move. There we go. So anyway, I thought you might enjoy that real quick. Rather than tell you, I'm like, shoot, I'll just show you real quick. Um, That's uh, beautiful. Ah, should have gone to Iowa, right? Now <laughs> playing tight end. Um, did you see that Fox Sports graphic where they had the teams with the most players in the NFL? Um, most college programs with players in the NFL. I did not. It was all blue bloods. There was 11 teams in there, and then it was Iowa. The Iowa was the one of these teams is not like the other. Um, so it's going to be a sad day for the NFL when uh, Kirk Ferentz retires because the NFL gets a lot of uh, players who otherwise probably wouldn't make the league um, from Iowa because such a developmental program. Um, so, Scott, we are getting uh, down to the, the closing here. I don't think there are any stars or anything. Um, we have two questions I wanted to answer here before we get on out. And uh, I guess since this is our last live stream together before the show, we don't need to hold off anymore. I want a final score prediction for this Broncos game. And also, I want a final season prediction. Uh, making everybody wait for these big two, but uh, we're All right. Excited. I'm going to go season prediction first. We did that once. Uh, yeah. I think I said 11 and 6. I'd have to go through and look at it again. And I, I think it was a fairly... Like after what was it? Six games it was like three and three. I'd have to see the schedule again because yeah. you know I still have probably too much respect for the AFC North. You know I see the Ravens and I think young team, struggling team, struggling offense. You're in trouble. Uh, I probably gave the Steelers too much credit. Um, I think I had two losses to Kansas City, uh, sweeping the Raiders. So I, I think eleven and six, ten and seven, I, I think is is where this team can finish up and then and then get rolling right in the right direction for the playoffs and with defense and running game. You can make a run. This game, you know, I like a 17-10. Like I said, I like the the under on this one. Big. You know, if it's 42 points, I'm saying half of that at 27. Not quite half. I know. Uh, but well under. I like the under. Low scoring. Ball control. Um, look for a, look for a, a New York Giants mistake on def, on, uh, on offense for the, for the defense to capitalize. You know, Sertan, Jackson. One of those guys to to make an impact on a, on a turnover, an interception, cash it in on a short field. You know, maybe 24-17. The 41 would be about as close as you get to the uh to the over-under, but I like I like the Broncos on this one. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good call. I'm gonna go with the Broncos winning this game uh 23 to 17. Um, kind of a, a closer game. Actually, excuse me, 23 to 16 is what I wrote down. Um, I think the uh Broncos are going to be able to control this game early. Um, key to the game. I think the Broncos got to come out here and get an early turnover. I think they need to take the ball away. And uh, if they can get a lead, you know, seven to zero, 10 to zero, um, you know, 13 to three in the first quarter, second quarter, uh, then the Broncos are in the driver's seat. Uh, you're making the Giants play more empty sets, uh, making Daniel Jones sit in the pocket and be a little bit more aggressive. And also you're making that Teddy Bridgewater just has to play point, hand the ball off, get to the right run check. Um, you know, that's not Peyton Manning, Star Wars years, um, but that's the formula for this team to win a lot of games this season. Uh, so if they get out to an early lead um, and, you know, just make Teddy, you know, protect the football, I think this could be a one of the most fun, boring games we've seen in a while. Well, and we had a guest on your show on on Tuesday night, Patricia Trena. She does uh, she does GiantsCountry.com on Fan Nation, does Locked On Giants on the, the Locked On podcasts. And she gave some injury updates that should just scare the hell out of Giants fans. You know, yeah. she said she said Barkley might see ten snaps, maybe. Said Evan Ingram is probably going to be out for this game. So you know, those are those are your, that's your hope on offense. Yep. She's like, what am I worried about? I'm worried about you know scoring points and moving the ball and Daniel Jones screwing up. And I'm going to take away two of his best weapons. Um, that that bodes well for the Denver Broncos. Yep. And Patricia was great. If you haven't watched uh, Building the Broncos from Tuesday night, um, go through about 10, 12 minutes when Patricia comes on and she gives a lot of good insights on the Giants. I thought it was pretty funny out of the gate. She said, well, I can tell you this, Giants fans were really hoping to see uh, Drew Locke and not Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, <laughs> so. and, and the, again, from we talk about the outside perspective looking in. From the outside perspective looking in, I saw a quarterback that was 32 in the, in the NFL 
yet everybody's pining for Drew Locke and there's anger that he's not starting. And, and part of that is because you know exactly – it's the hope factor. You know yeah. exactly what you're going to get from Teddy Bridgewater for the most point. You hope Drew Locke is going to be more than that, but he, he hasn't been. So, um, you know, that, that's – to me, that's the key. But from the outside looking in, you're like, I, I want that guy ranked 32nd in the league in passing. That's yeah. who I want starting against me for sure. Especially knowing that uh... – they're probably thinking the exact same thing we are, where it's like, okay, this offensive line is questionable. The quarterback turns the ball over like crazy. We got <laughs> weapons. Um, we got a good defense. So we need that other team to make mistakes, and that's gonna mm-hmm. that's gonna be the formula for us to win. And I think they feel better uh, getting those mistakes with Drew Lock playing versus Teddy. Now Teddy is not, you know, uh, super duper safe with the football all the time. It's not like Alex Smith out there throwing, you know, fourteen to two or whatever the heck he did during his heyday. Um, but still, that I think that's the perspective. Um, but I think that Broncos get out early. Um, I want to see them run the ball efficiently. Doesn't have to be amazing, just efficient. That's key. Um, enough to influence the Giants' defense's box numbers to get those weapons on the outside some one-on-one looks. Then Teddy can make the right checks and uh, see the defense out there. Bradley Chubb or not? Unfortunately, I was really looking forward to Bradley Chubb versus Andrew Thomas um, getting after it. As far as the season prediction here, um, when I originally did it um for the Broncos I had the Broncos as a uh, a 9 win team finishing 9 and 8 I think football outsiders has the Broncos over under at uh 9.3 after what it's like they do 100,000 simulations um based on their models and the Broncos came out with 9 wins uh 9.3 was the average also they have the Broncos making the playoffs 52% of the time so I'll take it um I think I'm going to do it I think I'm going to add one win to this team I think the Broncos are going to get 10 wins I think it's a double digit win season I think this defense is going to be extremely good they're deep um, and uh, I think that with Teddy, with both Teddy and Drew Locke looking competent out there and is how good as the running backs have looked, et cetera, et cetera, um, I think it's going to be a 10-win season. I really do. I'm going to go with 10 wins with the Broncos. And that's- yeah, I think we're, we're pretty close on that, 10 and 7, 10 and 7 for both of us, and I may have gone as high as 11 and 6. I just remember thinking that it was – that I had it like 3 and 4 after 7 games or something, but I was probably giving a little too much credit to the AFC North Yep, and that early slate of games. Yep, absolutely. Um, well, guys, I think that's going to have to do it for us today. Uh, welcome football season. Hope everyone does well. Um, it's going to be a great year for the Broncos. Probably the most realistic season for optimism we've had since 2016, defending that title. Defense is going to be great. A lot of good weapons and uh, good quarterback under center as, as a person. We'll see how good he can be, but uh, hard to not cheer. I don't know if you saw Teddy Bridgewater's press conference, but uh, says and does all the right things. Um, you, you, it's hard not to pull for a guy like that. Um, but thank you guys, everyone, so much for coming in today. You can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at Scout Kennedy, and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you're at Facebook today, for thank you everybody who gave stars. Um, that means a lot to us. Uh, very helpful. Um, if you are over on Facebook though and couldn't do that or did do that, I'll uh, make sure you also join us at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. Become a supporter. Also, Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Um, join the conversation there. Obviously, once the show is over, the uh, conversations don't start or don't stop. Um, we have it here, but it just carries on over um, 24-7 every single day, uh, every single hour of the day to 24-7. So it's great. Now, if you guys are over on over on YouTube, uh, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share um, the show here. Also, go over to Scott's channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash scott kennedy um obviously you saw that chase young video there he's got more of that where that came from um so uh check that out anything too new there scott going on i know the season's here buddy no i think uh you know i, I think we're gonna try and do some more tomorrow morning i'm doing a preview with uh with ed kratz he's he writes for the philadelphia eagles team so i'm gonna do a falcons preview on that and i might throw up that chase young uh high school video his his spotlight i might i might put it up there too but uh you know, hopefully we might me me and you might get started next week. We'll we'll talk a little bit about that. I'm actually out of town this weekend. Travel baseball tournament in South Carolina at Shipyard. You want to see a cool place? Google Shipyard Baseball Charleston real quick. Uh, it looks like Candlestick Point, except there's a you know a clover leaf of, of four fields out there. But want to say thank you. And if I missed anybody, I apologize. Uh, Travis Travis Weber, Peter Middleton, Lawrence Rivera, Travis Tarbox, Andrew Morrow, Dale Hendricks, James Grossman, Brian Greenfield. Gary leads Palmer, and I know I missed somebody in there. So hit me up on Twitter and let me know that uh, that, that you were you were one of the supporters today. But thanks to all of you, you uh, you help us keep this going. Convince the convince the channel owner that this is the right way to do on a on a on a Thursday morning. Yeah, and uh, Ed Haas, I see you in here. I just took a screenshot of your comment, and I'm going to send it to the boss man right now. So I have no idea what that's about, but um, 
know that uh, I see you and uh, putting it up the right channel. So uh, hoping for the best there. And, uh, you know, everybody, I don't know what was going on there, but everybody deserves a second chance. I also accidentally uh, muted somebody when I was trying to remove a... Uh, <laughs> it scrolls. You go to mute somebody, a spammer, and it pops up. It's like... You ever been been on, uh, you know, you go to click something on the web and all of a sudden a menu loads and you click on the ad, you're like, damn it. Yep, exactly. You know, somebody soliciting something that uh, probably wasn't appropriate for this uh, <laughs> this forum. Um, but uh, guys, Peter, thank you, Victor Rios. Victor, thank you for the stars. Oh, yes. Thank you so much, Victor. Um, thank you, everybody. Um, it's football season here. Um, no more speculating. It's going to be great. Hopefully everybody enjoys the game tonight. Um, and. Gosh, I don't. Who are you pulling for tonight, Scott? I guess you're you're NFC, so you have some pulling. Yeah, I, I'll, 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 I, I I usually answer. I'm like, I'll let my heart tell me when I start watching. I usually I usually start rooting for whoever's losing. <laughs> <sighs> I guess this kills me. But I, I typically but, root for players. You know, like I yeah. said, I'll typically if, if I said the Cowboys should should win this game, I'll end up rooting for the Cowboys. I, I root for me. Mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna pull for Tampa Bay, which hurts me because I'm not a big fan of. Uh, Tom Brady, but um, I don't need uh, Skip Bayless in my life any more than I already have. Oh, um, that's easy. I, uh, Skip Bayless rarely crosses into my uh, my uh, my circle of it's just no. He's with Shannon Sharp though, and I absolutely adore Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Um, so uh, I just need I need uh, I also think uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless have like a big massive bet on which team finishes with a better record this year: Broncos or Cowboys. Uh, so. Let's go Bucks, I guess. I don't know. Bruce Arians all the way. That's my guy. Um, but, guys, that's going to have to do it for us. Uh, we love you all. We'll see you next Tuesday morning. Same time, same place. Um, but until then, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.